Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. A lot of uh, excitement in the markets uh, going on right now, Mike. We've got the grain stocks report and acreage report next Wednesday on a shortened week. And then uh, as we are starting this week, we're seeing pressure coming in from issues uh, related to COVID, related to possible energy demand, uh, sanctions with China. Uh, let's uh, let's go down the list here and, and just kind of uh, chit-chat about these things. What are we hearing about this uh, Chinese uh, Chinese sanctions uh, that have come come in from uh, pretty much all over the world here. Yeah, you're getting a very uh, team up kind of mentality that seems to be taking place right now. You got the EU, US, China, uh, Canada, uh, Taiwan, India, all on one side with the sanctions coming from US, Canada, and China, or US, Canada, and the EU obviously because that's where the power relies on the world uh, world stage and then on the other side you have china and russia and then uh, always with china you have north korea that's sitting right there so you have the larger powers economic powers looking at lobbying uh sanctions back and forth it seems eerily similar to the trade war and actually if i remember correctly this was about the time we started really hinting at putting on tariffs for China right ahead of the USDA's uh, perspective plans report. And it came out bullish that year. Uh, I don't think I really have to tell everyone what happened, uh, not even a month later, but it wasn't positive for the market. Mm -hmm. Well, and we, we just came off of this meeting in Alaska with, uh, with China, which didn't necessarily go all that well because we, again, put some sanctions uh, against uh, uh, ind individuals and entities uh, in China, and uh, they took offense to that. And that's not exactly, as they put it, the way to uh, start to, uh, you know, talks or negotiations. It uh, doesn't sound like we're going to be very quick about uh, repealing or, or pulling back uh, of any of the, the tr uh, Trump-era tariffs. Um, so that at this point, it, it we're just skating on thin ice when it comes to to China, and you know we're pushing trade very hard. We're trying to make sure that we're we're continuing to to trade with them back and forth so that it's beneficial. But on the other hand, one of the reasons, or the biggest reason, we continue to see these sanctions come in is because of the uh, ethical or moral uh, treatment of. Uh, some of the other countries or uh, in the South China Sea, you know, whether it's uh, Taiwan or Hong Kong uh, and just the way that the uh, mainland China is uh, is treating those uh, those around them. Yeah. And it seems. At this time, we've finally gotten to a place, even with the covid uh, flare ups over in the EU, that everyone's about sick of what was going on. And on top of us throwing sanctions on China right ahead of the meetings, China also uh, brought a few Canadian uh, citizens under trial right beforehand as well, which uh, did not sit, sit well on the world stage either. So mm -hmm. just a lot of, after a very arduous year where you had a lot of countries that have been just really hit hard by this virus, having tensions flare up on the world stage once again, much like we saw for a very long while with the trade war, 
really seems like we've turned the corner to the next next step of this tension on the world stage, which is all right. We need to start pooling our our powers together with uh, our allies, and China seems to be on the same page going going to Russia right away. Yeah, it's a, a war of wor- words at this point, and hopefully it doesn't escalate uh, beyond uh, beyond that as far as uh, military uh, uh, issues. But uh, as we, as you kind of alluded to, and you're talking about these flare-ups or a third wave of uh, coronavirus uh, cases over in the EU, uh, we that is one of the reasons that we continue to see that the energies are under pressure. Is that this this third wave uh, has has them shutting down or has multiple countries over there that are extending their lockdowns uh, to mid to late April. Uh, And to the point where even Germany has said that five day period around Easter uh, coming up, they want to make it a no uh, no contact uh, holiday where you know similar to what we had talked about here in the United States around Thanksgiving is not getting together with your family to keep everybody safe. And that's uh, that's got everybody worried whether it's, you know, crude demand, oil demand, any, you know, uh, gas or, or diesel demand. And then uh, from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, whether it's uh, cocoa, uh, coffee, sugar, cotton, copper, uh, those those manufacturing uh, commodities are getting hammered because of this as well. Because if you're not, uh, if you're not in business uh, right now, or you're not uh, able to get to uh, uh, to work, that uh, or your demand for say coffee and cocoa, uh, which is big over in Europe, uh, is not there. We continue to to have some uh, some really tenuous times when it comes to these markets. But then again, you look at what we're seeing in the in the grains, and they kind of seem a little bit unfazed, don't they? They do at this time, and it it kind of reminds me, uh, especially with crude taking the lead lower of what was going on right around the trade truce that took place in uh i think it was signed on january 15th or 25th of 2020 where we were just kind of hovering and the market was running slow everything was happening and it's this times of uncertainty it really doesn't seem like trade really cares too much about next week's report as much as they do about do we have another COVID? Because no matter what next week's report's going to say, we're going to get it planted like we always do, but are we going to shut down demand again to the point of not letting ships out? You've already had all of this backup in supply chains due to COVID last year. Is that going to happen again where we just can't ship anything else out because we have medical supplies and whatnot coming in and whatever else may be the case? Um, So there is a lot of worry right now about, okay, what's the next step? We've been here before. Is it going to happen again? What's going on with the vaccines? You have, uh, I think it's Germany that is going back on the thought process of uh, not allowing the one vaccine and not letting it come back in. But do the vaccines work? Do they work against all the variants? What's going on with really the one that a lot of people are watching is going to be this South African, which uh, I think there's a South African variant in New York as well. This uh, three one, I think it's three one three one five, something along those lines, variant of COVID, where it's eluding the uh, immune system more than past variants and has not shown a great amount of deal in uh, having these vaccines work against it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot 
to unpack there about we have a lot of unknown that we're trying to sift through and you get people a little bit worried when you have a lot of unknown on the table. Right. I know uh, uh, Chancellor Merkel uh, had uh, uh, specifically pointed out the uh, uh, the variant from um, uh, the UK or from Britain that uh, uh, as the one that was spreading like wildfire over there, uh, that's a big uh, a big issue because uh, obviously if it doesn't necessarily mean that the variants not taking to the vaccine, but they're they're extremely slow to roll it out. They don't have the uh, the push that we've seen here in the United States to to roll out the uh, the vaccine. So if you have a faster moving variant, uh, it's just that much more problematic for everything. So I mean, we continue to see these markets uh, uh, volume is still not great. Uh, even on uh, even on days where we're up like we were today, you know, uh, double digits higher. Uh, at one point in beans and you know six seven cents higher in uh, in corn and 17 whatever cents higher in wheat we're not seeing the volume that would necessarily give us any reason to think that this uh, this is going to stick around it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to turn bearish by any means but there are some uh, some things floating out there and I know you had pointed out uh, something in our office uh, conversation about the soybeans that uh, maybe does show a little bit of a uh, maybe some uh, some issues that uh, could pop up as we go into this USDA report at the end of the month and and obviously a WASI report uh, uh, the following week. Now, what uh, what were you seeing from a technical standpoint, Mike? From a technical standpoint, you have well, let's break down more. From a pattern standpoint, you have the potential for head and shoulders making its way in the mix. You got uh, what is potentially the left shoulder with high volume uh, pausing at 14.45 and three quarters, the head uh, up there at this recent spike high that was contract highs. And what could be a potential right shoulder forming between this 14.33 to 14.45, depending on if and in the case of if it does, when that uh, right peak is put in place. It's on lower volume, which is a good sign for the pattern formation. And from a time standpoint, it looks pretty good. The objective would be down there towards that uh, last liquidity flush we saw. And to make the historical claim, which is going to be the time frame that we're currently sitting at, we saw at the end of November, early December, as well as the end of uh, January into early February, these big, well, more so on the January, but these flush outs from the highs, this backing off where you saw open interest decrease, you didn't see funds and everyone get overly short, but you did see sizable uh, retracements that took place and mm -hmm. it very well could have a lot to do with like we saw last week in crude this lower volume around these times and trying to roll the positions out before you get to the goldman roll so with a fund who has a long position and a big long position in order to roll out they're gonna have to sell the front month and buy the next month contract. Well, if you have no one to sell that contract to and you have a large position you're trying to get out of, it can really produce a lot of slippage, which is the amount the market moves based on them placing their orders. 
Uh, so definitely something to be watching as we approach the end of this month, knowing that the Goldman roll uh, is going to be early April to roll out the May contracts. Right. Now, something else that uh, uh, was talked about uh, today or actually was uh, in the news today was uh, Fed Chairman uh, uh, Powell and uh, Treasury Secretary uh, Yellen uh, speaking and uh, seemed to be, you know, just in in clips uh, from what I saw, um, very uh, very enthusiastic about uh, potential for the economy uh, still having the ability to rebound and not seeing this massive amount of uh, of inflation um, or hyperinflation that uh, would normally be considered a, a thought when you infuse you know say 1.9 trillion dollars into uh, into the economy um what we're seeing uh, uh off of that is we're seeing the dollar uh continue to strengthen we've gone up we've gone back up to those uh to near those highs or around those highs that we uh, had put in uh last week or the week before back uh, above 92 on the dollar and you've got uh, the the um the Dow, uh, as it goes into the close today here on on Tuesday, uh, backing off down you know 250 300 points, and like we mentioned already, that the uh, crude oil and the and the crude products are are down big, four dollars in the crude, uh, eight and a half cents in the heating oil, and and about seven and a half on the uh, on the RBOB. So, um, what what are we looking for in this? Because as I as I think about it. If we're really infusing this much cash via stimulus, via you know uh, bond buybacks or, or whatever it is, doesn't that immediately tell you that all we're doing is just printing money, and at some point we're just going to have an, a ridiculous amount of, of dollars out here that uh, drives the the value of it down? Am I thinking about that wrong? No, but I think you're thinking about it too soon. Um, okay. As of right now, they're keeping this really, and they made comments out to 2023, but they're keeping this five-year interest rate low. What they're doing is they're making the further out, the 10, 20, 30-year interest rates more appealing to investors, somewhere better to place your money. Um, so you are seeing, well, have been seeing interest out in those more deferred months, which is then helping pay for all the stimulus. The question is what happens when that is not enticing, when the bill comes due and knowing that it's the five year that they're keeping all well, the sooner that they're keeping low looking at that two three four five years out uh, that's potentially when you see it before you get this hyperinflation what you could be expecting to see is a deflation you've seen initial inflation that's taken place we come well off our lows in a lot of these markets but as of right now we still have the supply there and you've had a lot of people that had their supply bottlenecked, but we're coming to a time frame that that's going to start coming to the ports when you have all these little things that cost expensive and you finally have the supply that you originally bought come in. Well, now we see this oversupply that happens very quickly leading to that deflationary period. And this is something Steve pointed out, uh, watching that potentially take place during the summer time frame, as we're reopening, seeing these ships being able to come in and unload this supply leading to a deflationary period before you see that potential for a good inflationary period that everyone is looking for. 
I just think we're all a little bit too soon to the party in order to really get aggressive with it. Right. Oh, and as, as it was mentioned uh, uh, in the office uh, here today was, you know, at this point, the entire world is a dumpster fire. Uh, we just might have the uh, the most attractive dumpster fire uh, as it goes here in the United States. So that <laughs> I guess that's the uh, uh, we're still winning the beauty contest. I guess is the best way to put it. So, uh, mm-hmm. but that's you know it's it, it it is there. Obviously, there's still there's still going to be concerns as we move forward, and there's still a lot of risk in these markets. One of the things that I think we need to uh, we need to hit on the way out of this uh, this episode is talking specifically about the fact that, and maybe reminding our customers, we have profitable levels of corn, beans, and wheat right now. These are these are great times to be looking at your marketing and seeing what uh, what you can do to uh, to protect yourself even if it's just for the short term i know you and i have talked about that a lot is to get through either this report or get through this report and the the april wazdi report just for uh, a little bit of uh, a just in case type uh, situation while we wait to see what happens with the weather uh, this spring um but they, I think that's the the biggest case right now. Whether you're holding on to old crop or you're holding on to new crop, is to try and make sure that you do something to protect those prices. Yeah, something that is definitely a lesson that should have been learned last year from everything that got beaten up from uh, the beginning to about that July timeframe was. You, ne- you can never count out a black swan event. And with the amount of potentials we have on the table right now, where does your risk lie? How can you take advantage of it? We have insurance prices that are up favorably, but not everything's covered by that. What are you looking at doing in order to make yourself a little bit more ready to go into this planting and harvest or planting and growing season? with all the potentials we have looming on the table of potential negativity, potential positivity, but just taking the risk off the table no matter which way that lies. Very good, absolutely. So yeah, if you guys have any questions about anything that we say, please give us a call at 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale, this is Mike Lung, Frank Bride. You guys have a good one.